Welcome to More Faith, More Life, the podcast that's all about empowering and inspiring you in your faith, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Gray, and I'm excited to bring you another episode filled with valuable insights and practical wisdom. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Warren Marcus. Warren is a well-known author and producer whose work has been seen on major television networks across the country. He is also a powerful speaker and a teacher on many biblical principles. In this episode, Warren will be sharing many great nuggets on biblical teachings and how it can help us in our daily lives. So, whether you're a seasoned believer or just starting on your faith journey, this episode is sure to be a source of encouragement and inspiration. So, sit back, grab your pen and notepad, and get ready to be inspired on more faith, more life with Pastor Steve Gray and special guest, Warren Marcus. Hey, everybody. So glad that we could be together today and you don't want to miss a moment. There's somebody you need to meet. Somebody actually you might have an, he might have had an influence in your life and you didn't know it. This is one of the big influencers in Christian media, Christian television, uh, all those areas, how to do a camera, you know, that he taught many, many people how to make Christian TV and Christian media work. And, uh, so you don't maybe know him by name, but you know him by work. And we'll talk about that as we move forward. So I'd like to introduce you to my good friend for many, many years. Warren Marcus is here. Hello, Warren. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good to see your face again. <laughs> yeah, good, good. We've been friends a long time. You've been really good to us. This is one of the nicest guys you're going to meet anyway. And he still, uh, you know, he serves the Lord and helps a lot of people. He helped us. You were there for us in many, many ways, even when we recorded the album the music album with uh integrity music who came that you and i went down to alabama and you know got that dug that out together you know we've done a lot of things and now we'll be hopefully talking about what we're going to do in the future whether it be in this podcast or another time i'm excited to hear what you have to say so warren tell us uh what what is your title now and what do you do now but I want to go back just a little bit of the influence you've had on all of us with Christian television and media. Well, what I've been doing uh, recently was with Sid Roth Ministries, vice president of media, and basically overseeing his media, especially executive producing the, uh, the It's Supernatural TV show that's on weekly. And um, also, I've been involved in a project, goes back to my roots, when I worked for CBN, I actually was asked to produce a cartoon series, a biblical series called Superbook and Flying House. And that thing's been all over the world. I mean, to Russia, all different languages. So I'm doing a, a, a series right now. The first episode is done today, actually. I've been working on it for the last few oh. weeks, finishing it up. But it's, it's called Supernatural Sid. So basically, it's taking Sid as a cartoon character, Uncle oh, Sid. And these kids who get involved with um, Sid, they call him Uncle Sid. And basically, he takes them back into Bible times through virtual glasses that he has. And the kids are dealing with issues that they're facing, like, you know, fear of seeing things on TV with epidemics and, and, and protests and all this stuff. And we kind of take those things and the kids say, well, what do we do about this? And well, ah, that's nothing new. Let me take you back to the times of Jesus. So he takes them back to the times of Jesus, and we have the kids seeing that in the days of Jesus there were protests, there was leprosy, there was all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 
God has a plan. And so basically they learn about these things. They come back and try to implement what they learn. And then they go, wait, this isn't working yet. Well, let me take you back here now. So that's the type of, that's the, that's basically the premise of it. The first one's the, uh, the one producing the miracle birth of Jesus. The second one will be, it's a trilogy, the miracle ministry of Jesus and you. And the third one is the resurrection power of Jesus. So basically in those three will be the gospel. And not only there'll be single episodes, they'll be combined into a feature film, kind of do it kind of like what they're doing with the Jesus Revelation, Revolution movie. You go into these special screenings to start. Yeah. And I think it could have a tremendous, both on uh, adults and, and children, because basically we don't just get into the nice Christmas story. You know, Jesus is born at crutch. The kids are asking why did he need to be born, you know, and why are we seeing all these problems? And basically they go back to the, to the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible and they see how sin came into the world. And then you go, Oh my gosh, I had no idea this. This is how evil entered. Well, why can't God just change it back? Well, he has a plan. Let me take you to see Moses. So it takes yeah, yeah. It through with the prophecies and all these things. And then they see why Jesus needed to come, that he is God's solution for bringing earth back to where he real, real, originally intended it to be in the Garden of Eden before the fall. So that's basically the premise pretty quickly of Beautiful, the first though. one. Yeah, and so timely. So timely with the kids. The kids are in grade school. You know, we have a private school and then we have kids in public school that go to our church and uh, what they're going through today, just they're, they're making decisions about everything, as you know. And because uh, uh, we, we, we just don't know what uh, the pandemic and everything that's happened in the world in the last few years. We don't know the effect, but we sure need some answers. What a great time and timely. Uh, and I guess you're working with animators and. Uh, oh yeah, I remember. I remember the the yeah the first when you when I first saw it, um, that's been a long time ago. I guess animations come along. Way well, hey, I I don't know how you're doing it. If it looks the same or uh, super super or well, it we're looks doing the same, a modified a modified anime because the computer version of like they're redoing the soup the super book in computer. The problem with the computer is they come out with this technology and two years later it looks dated. Yes. Right. And the the anime right now is what modified anime, not where they had the real big eyes and all. But the idea is that if you look at the gaming things the kids are playing and all that, it's actually in that mode. And ah. so it's something they're very used to and worldwide they're very used to. Matter of fact, yes. I'm hearing that people, CBN released the classic super book, they call it, that I produced, and the computer and they're saying that people like the classic better than the computer oh, yeah, they spend yeah a lot yeah. more money per episode i could tell you oh yeah yeah and people still watch as you said superbook uh, they know who that is they just don't know it's you and uh and that was very pioneering in its day and uh you've had a great effect on all television whether it be uh I mean, Christian, the Christian Broadcasting Network, Sid Roth. I'm not sure who else. Of course, when you were at Christian Broadcasting Network, there were other people there involved with that that sprung out and have continued on. Sure. I don't know if you want to talk. I mean, you just had great influence. Well, I did. Years. At CBN, I did the highest, to this date, the highest rated religious primetime special ever made called Don't Ask Me As God. And basically it was Sid had a Gallup poll done if you could ask God one question, what would it be? So we took yeah. the five 
most asked questions America would like to ask God. And basically had a celebrity celebrity presenter um, to, to bring out what the question is as we did a countdown. Uh, and then we had dramatic reenactments. We had man on the street. We had experts like, for instance, in suffering. We had Mother Teresa to talk about suffering. We had, you know, we had all of these different things. We had stars like Michael J. Fox, Norman Fell, who, who played on Ropers and things like that. Uh, um, uh, Stephen, Steve Allen and Jane Meadows. We had all of these celebrities mm. that came on and basically it became like a very well, like we, we received a rating in those days. It did Nielsen ratings of, uh, uh, that were so high in terms of that. We beat shows like mash. That was prime time television shows that were made by the secular public. Right. And uh, we had a little thing at the end where Pat prayed with people to receive Jesus. And in that end, he said, well, I'm going to give you a free booklet of the 10 most asked questions. We got over 114,000 people who wrote in. They, in those days, you couldn't make the calls because it would be it would blew the phone lines away just in mm-hmm. one one Virginia test we did. And those people, over 114,000 people, including families that got saved through watching this thing. So mm. the power of the media is still there. And we're using, as you know, uh, Internet and various social media and things like that. But yeah. there's still a great power in, in television, um, which people don't realize that there is a, you know, there's something there about television that's still hitting. And, of course, you have yeah. streaming, which is very big now, too. Right. So let's go back a minute. Um, Like most people, you ask them how you got to where you are today, you know, and you can easily say, well, I was this way. I was a pagan or I was whatever. And then I got born again and now I'm this way. And obviously you had that same experience, but it's uh, more complicated with you. You obviously, I know, they don't know you've been uh, brought up Jewish. I don't remember. And I've heard your story before exactly what kind of Jewish home it was. It was practicing Jewish, non-practicing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of that. Uh, but I do know uh, you, you're unique in the in respect that you brought up Jewish and uh, Yeshua, Jesus became something very important in your life. Mm-hmm. But uh, you didn't just jump from one to the other. You had to get there somehow. And you had to get into media. I don't need, I never asked you that question. How did you get so smart with me? <laughs> How did you learn all this with media? So talk about, if you don't mind, talk about yeah. yourself a little bit and go back a little bit. Yeah. My uh, grandparents were Orthodox. My mother came from an Orthodox background, uh, strict. My, my father was kind of agnostic, but conservative. Uh, it was from the conservative Jewish movement. And, but basically I went to Hebrew school. I did my bar mitzvah, did all those things. Huh. But, when I was five years old, I had a very interesting thing. I was frightened of lightning and thunder. My friend frightened me because huh. he said, kill me. I came running into huh. my house crying. And my sister, who was an agnostic Jewish believer, came and picked me up. So what's wrong, Warren? I said, it's lightning. It could kill me. And she said, Can I stop you just for a second? Yeah. Just for those who might know. Can you define agnostic Jewish be, Jewish believer? I, I well, she was kind she of was not oxymoron a, things. Yeah, she yeah. was basically going to the temple, but really didn't have a a real relationship with God. But she was trying to comfort me, and she was kind of using this thing, saying, uh, "Warren, you know, you don't have to be afraid of lightning and thunder because God will protect you." And I went, "God, who's God?" 
Well, you can't see him, but he lives in a place called heaven, but yet he's everywhere you go. So I was thinking about that. And I said, is he in my room at night when it's dark? And she says, yes, he is. So that frightened me more than the lightning and thunder, (laughs) thinking that there's this entity in my room at night that I can't see. So what's weird is I had a dream that changed my life. And I was in heaven and basically lightning and thunder was there. And all of a sudden this, 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 this light came from a circular fashion, the clouds parted and this light came towards me. And then it turned into all kinds of many colors, beans, rainbow colors, and it was all around me. And I was being drawn into that. I felt this peace that I can't, you know, it's, it's just the peace of God. And I wasn't frightened of anything, but I was being drawn in. And then I heard a voice so clearly, the most beautiful voice, I, you know, to this day. And it was, Warren, do not be afraid of me. I am your friend. I will never hurt you. And I didn't want to wake up from that dream. I woke up and I was, wow, wow. And I could, I'm telling you, from a little boy's point of view, it was a dream, but it, it was like I wanted to be in that presence again. I was like, it caught me on a search to try to find that one who appeared before me. So I told my mother and father, I said, hey, I saw God. And he goes, what do you mean you saw God? I said, in my dream. Oh, okay. And then yeah. nobody would listen to me. I, in, in kindergarten class, they said, take your crayons out and, and paper and do a little picture. So I tried to take this yellow crayon. I was trying to draw this Shekinah glory of God. And this Jewish kid next to me, Richie, he says, what is that supposed to be? I said, it's a picture. Picture of what? A picture of God. You can't draw a picture of God. I said, why not? Well, nobody saw God. Well, I saw God. And I run. so he got in an argument with me. The kids started laughing. The teacher came over. What is going on here? And Richie says, he said he saw God. I said, I did see God in my dream. And by that time, I'm crying. And I said, and here's a picture of him. And she's looking at it. And she's thinking I'm crazy, mashugas, we say in Jewish. But nevertheless, it put me on a search. I mean, I would go to the temple and and it was like there was there was no presence there. It was like a religious thing. So my mother decides to take me, my Jewish mother decides to take me at eight years old to see some classic religious movies, Ten Commandments. So I go to see the Ten Commandments and I'm overwhelmed by it, you know. And all of a sudden there's that scene in in on Mount Sinai where the finger of God is right in the tank. So I'm going, oh my gosh, that's the same thing I saw in my dream. And I'm feeling that presence that I felt in my dream, you know? And then she took me to see Ben-Hur. So I go to see <laughs> Ben-Hur and you don't see Jesus' face in Ben-Hur. It's the story of Judah Ben-Hur, a Jewish man who meets and, and receives Yeshua, Jesus, as his Messiah. But through the whole film, there was this presence. I could just sense the same presence I felt in my dream. And after it was over, I said, Mom, who's that man, Jesus? She goes, oh, it's just a story. It's not real. And so that was, but I wrote a little prayer that I have to this day. And I said, oh, God of Israel, please make me a really good filmmaker, a really good writer, director, producer, cameraman. And I want to make films that say what you want me to say. Uh, Now, I didn't even know who he was yet, you know? But I knew that I wanted to have that effect. I wanted to be used of God to have an effect to bring peace, to bring, to, to, to introduce people to that same reality that I experienced, you know. But it took me many years, and, and I went through going to School of Visual Arts for film, 
there I got introduced to the drug scene and the anti-war movement. And I was marching and using marijuana and a few other drugs and all right. this stuff. And yet I wound up in my home. I, next to me was a, was a couple that I went to school with, high school. They had become born again believers. Matter of fact, I had seen The Exorcist with my wife, the movie. Hmm. When we walked out, they had this tract, this little drawn piece of a booklet that said, um, it, it was about the exorcist, but that you could receive Jesus and that the enemy could have no hold over you. And so what happened was I was sitting in my in my apartment. I'm smoking marijuana, listening to Beatles album and all these crazy things. And I said, <clears throat> oh, God of Israel, whoever you are. If <clears throat> Jesus is indeed the Messiah and your son, as the Christians say he is then I want him to come into my life, into my heart. Wow. But I don't want to do anything to offend you. So you're going to have to let me know what the truth is. Well, immediately I felt that same presence that I felt in my dream that I've seen that, that accompanied those movies. I felt this incredible thing. It's like God's, God's glory came into my, the atmosphere of heaven came into my apartment. And all of a sudden it's like, nobody preached to me, told me anything. I just started Say, why am I listening to this album? That doesn't make sense. So I took that out. Then, then I took all the all the alcohol I had. I started dumping it down the the sink. Marijuana, I flushed down the toilet. I started looking at my shelf. That book is not good for me. I don't need that book. I started throwing these books away. I mean, I had an experience with God that was so incredible. And then publicly received God, uh, God Jesus into my life in an Assemblies of God Church in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And this pastor started sharing me. He was a teacher, man. He shared with me the word verse by verse, the whole church. It was like, we're going to cover the book of Romans in six months. Mm. And he took us through the entire Bible, had an incredible love for the Jewish people, Israel, but also had this incredible knowledge. So I got boot camp, spiritual boot camp before I ever left Madison Avenue. I was producing commercials in Madison Avenue. I was making $75,000 a year. This is in 1978. Right. And then... I saw this spot on TV, on TV, CBN 700 Club, and they said, we're starting the Christian Broadcasting Network, Pat Robertson, and we're looking for producers to come and do wow. professional programming and all. So I called them up, and they flew me down, and then I found out, well, we could pay you $15,000 a year. And I'm going, how much? What? $15,000. Which was about crazy. what other people were making in 68, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, just not not a not a great salary. Yeah. So, you know, but I just I said to my wife, look, I got to do this. I, I can't I can't be selling deodorant on, you know, doing all this kind of thing. I want to I want to be if I can't preach the gospel, I want to be able to do the films. So anyway, wound up. That's how I entered in. And, and Pat Robertson was growing at the time. He he had me do different things. And he when he saw it, he was blown away. So it just went on and on and on from doing the time primetime specials to TV spots that would go in the show to uh to I did the book. They had this modern day version of the Bible, living Bible called the book. We called yes, it I remember book. that. Yeah. Well I did all of the advertising spots that would go in that they spent money on primetime television making the Bible the best selling book, this particular version. And I had celebrities in it. You know, I had all of these celebrities holding up the book, Donna Summer and and uh, Ben Vereen and all these people that were big at the time. And they're just holding up the book and, and Glenn Campbell sang a song. 
come on America, discover the book, oh you know, and it was that kind of thing it was just, and so there were people saying, well, how do people know it's the Bible? I said, well, what other book are people going to carry with them everywhere when they're on yeah. an airplane, when they're in the back room, dressing room and stuff, you know, it has to be the Bible, you know? So anyway, that was very successful. So I was able to use the gifting that I had in a secular world and bring it into the Christian world and bring things up a par, you know, so it wasn't just the kind of like cheesy productions and things like that. So that's really been my heart, you know, is, is to really, uh, my, my long range now is, is to get back into doing those type of things, the primetime specials, the, uh, I feel like this animation series is a gift from heaven for me to work on, Yeah, you know, know. that's where I'm at right now. But then the other thing I'm leaving out is when, when Sid Roth was ready to do his shows, it was in Canada. He said, I'm going to do switch from radio to TV. I'm going to do a show called It's Supernatural. Can you help me? Well, he took me to Canada to produce the show at David Main's studio. Yes, I know. Crossroads. Yes. And yes. he said, but we're going to be going to this revival that broke out in Toronto called the Toronto Blessing. Do you know about it? And I said, is that the place where they bark like dogs? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Says, yeah right. You've been around Baptistville too much. Well, I was working for <laughs> Cherry Fowell at the time, which was a crazy experience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we wound up going there, and that was my first like introduction to what we call a revival. I mean, people getting touched. I mean, I was touched. I wanted more of God. It was a thing of wanting more of God. And mm-hmm. then Sid says, okay, so I wound up doing the documentary, Go Inside the Toronto Blessing, because I said, people need to hear this story. Then he says, there's another one going on in Brownsville, in Florida, Brownsville Revival. So I said, Sid, I'm just getting used to the Toronto one. Now you want to bring yeah. me to Florida? So I go to Florida, wound up producing their documentary. And then Sid says, oh, you're not going to believe this. This revival broke out in Smithton, Missouri. Steve Gray and Kathy Gray. It's like incredible what God's doing. I'm going to wait there, you know. So I wind up going with <laughs> Sid to that one. And it was weird. I don't know if you remember this, but I'm sitting in the, you know, we're, we just finished worship in one of your services on the ongoing services that you had. And I'm sitting there and I said to God, God, this story needs to be tell, told, but I don't have the money to do it. I don't have, you know, if you want me to do it, you're going to have to speak to me. You know, all of a sudden, it wasn't like 30 seconds later, you got you're up on the stage there and you say, Warren Marcus is here. And all of a sudden, my heart goes, ba boom. No, I don't remember goes, any of this. So you no? got to tell it. OK, yeah, so okay. He says, Warren Marcus is here and he's produced some of these documentaries on revivals. And Warren, do you have a ministry? And I said, well, yeah. He goes, well, I, I never do this, but I want you to give a gift so Warren could continue doing this. Warren, do you realize who you are? You're like the Bartleman. He's the, he was a guy that wrote in the newspaper about the Azusa Street Revival. Yeah. You're putting it on film, but you're but that's what's going on. So Wow, I gift, didn't even remember any yeah, of this. Yeah, put it in the, the revival in the bottom. Well, wound up coming away. It's a sizable gift from you. And I said, okay, that's it, God. So then I wound up producing and and I brought Sid there to do the, uh, yes. the go, go inside the Smithton uh, outpouring, we called it. But yeah. that was that was the beginning of it. And so I'm spoiled, man. I've been, when you hear about all these other revivals and stuff, I've been spoiled because I've been in these places where God's presence is, you know, and that's really to tell you the truth. I'm not interested in just ordinary, the ordinary thing that, that I want. I want the supernatural. I want God to move. I want, I want to sense his presence every day, every moment of the day. 
And when you preach, Steve, out of all the places I'd gone, the things you would share from the word of God, it was teaching. And it was so powerful. I mean, there were stories in the Bible that I've heard before, but you brought, God just gave you this angle that was different mm -hmm. than I heard anywhere. And I kind of, yeah. here we are in this, in this Poding town, right? Yeah. What was it, 200 and something people there? Or 230? No, there was five, 532, 532, it said on the sign. Or, yeah, 532. On the sign. They, their gas station was closed. I mean, nothing was going on. You had a two-hour drive from, from Kansas City Airport to get to the yep. place. People were standing outside this small church from all these different nations. And I'm telling you, though, I said, man, this thing's got you need to do a TV show, Steve. You need to be out there with this. And you was, well, I'm waiting to get this new property. You know, I was saying, man, do it as do it as in the middle of this crazy place. People are going to watch it because the power of the word, Steve, that you were sharing and teaching on. And to this day, you do uh, was life changing. It, it made me look at the word in a whole different way. And um, so. Uh, you know, I thank you for that being used by God in that way. And I know God has not finished. He He has more things. For yeah, that's you, a, you and I are going to have to have a conversation because, you know, the door to revival has opened again. Yes. Uh, to uh, a word that nobody used now. Asbury revival is a word. I heard it on CNN. I heard it on Fox. I heard it yep. on other places. I've seen it on the Internet in places you've never heard three months ago. And it's mostly positive they not positive are usually the religious people that go yeah. to church and everybody else <laughs> is saying i want to i'm hungry for god and i was visiting with somebody else and uh, saying you know they asked me about the asbury revival and what do you think of this and is it that and because i've had a lot of experience like you with it and uh, i told them the biggest thing for me at least is i feel like the united states of america passed a test yes you know there was no sign six months ago in general people and media, yes. anything, yes. you know? And, and so uh, people would ask me, what do you, you know, what's going to happen? We're going to have this happen, revival, war, whatever. And I said, you know, I feel like we're in the if, and you know, where the scripture says, if my people yes. will humble them, if there's an if. I said, we're in the if stage, if yes. it depends on what happens next. And all of a sudden this thing happened. Uh, my experience like yours probably is, will it, be the end of course not it's just the baby steps but it it showed a whole nation positively wanting more of god i said that's what exactly. we needed that's what we needed to say to god we want more of you and it, if it's not i mean we got left and right and everything like that but generally uh general public college campuses still are saying we want more of god and uh, for me that's the biggest thing about it. And what, what they did and how we do it and how the services went and all that, that's all important because, you know, there's no method with God, you know, it'll change. It'll, it'll, uh, you know, it'll evolve, but that was it with me. So with that, uh, it's, uh, I was gearing up for it anyway. I said in the next year or two, it went fast. It started faster than I expected, but that's where you and I, I hope we'll have a conversation after this, like, okay, you know me, I know you, what's God saying, you know, and I don't want to miss Amen. it. And uh, yes, just like you said, I uh, have seen the sermons that I preach are more, are more life-changing than I've seen others places and other things. They're just uh, giftings of God. And I, uh, I have uh, some 
publishers coming back from my past, and you know who some of them are, I won't say their names, but they're saying the same thing. We need what we used to hear. We need it now more than ever. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk. But anyway, (laughs) uh, I'm so glad to hear what you're doing, that animation. I've got uh, kids and new grandkids, so that's going to be wonderful. What's the time? What's the what's the time frame on this new project? Well, the first one right now is just been basically done this is the last few weeks i've been working on the post-production adding the sound effects all kinds of things fixing certain things that need to be fixed so uh i'll probably be able to next week send you a private screening copy to see it wouldn't that well well, how about that and and uh, this way you could even show your kids your grandchildren and stuff but i believe it's going to hit two levels it's going to hit adults and children and we have clear call to receive yeshua and in every one of them we have a jewish sensitivity in there when i say that is yes we're, we're also knowing that there are jewish people watching this as well and so you know have sid where he lives in this in his mansion he has a he has the, the ark of the covenant model in there he has different jewish Jew, jewish things in there but yet they're talking about even christmas and stuff like that but the idea is why did he come i mean it's nice to know he came but why did he need to come and what significance yeah, does it have exactly. and how can it be life-changing now? And also there's, we get into the miracles. We get into the thing of God healing people, touching people. So yeah. when we get connected to God in such a way, he's there to meet our needs. And I think that's really where people live in at today. I think, I think so things, too. Don't you think? Because oh, uh, the, the door to what you're doing is much wider than it was when you first did it. When you first did it, people hadn't seen, they hadn't heard of miracles. They hadn't seen anybody raise their hands. Remember the Time Life? Remember Time Life advertised worship and they put them on late at night? Well, what was that? People saw people raising their hands and worshiping to these simple songs and these worship songs. And it brought it into their home. They actually saw it and it just softened. Everybody's softened up now. I I read an article where somebody... They'd never heard anybody speak in tongues in their life till they went to Asbury and somebody speaking in tongues next to them. Well, because of the presence of God was there, they're going like, hey, this is all right. You know, this is okay. (laughs) Whether they did it or not, I don't know, but it was okay. So the door to what you're doing is wide open. I heard there were people healed too. Uh, I heard some interviews on Fox News where um, the the woman that's on Fox and Friends, I forget her name, Ainsley uh, Earhart or something, or is that her name? And she was interviewing one of the students and said, there's been some people healed. He goes, yes. And he started talking about it. So people could say what it is, but those were kids just getting together saying, we need you, God. And they're just crying out to God. And it's interesting that on the uh, over the organ there, it said something about seeking God's holiness. Mm-hmm. So they were looking yeah. at, I want to get in, to be with God, who is holy, who is who is has this incredible presence who could fix anything and all they were that's yeah. the type of faith they were having and god met them there you know and he, he could do that he could do that now he could do that with one person most of the revivals yeah. that i that i have read about and whatever and you've read about i mean it always started with the one yep and then it spread to another so it was like the one had this burden this one began praying this you know the the two women from the hebrides revival they yeah. were older women. They were near, one was near blind and um, Duncan Campbell was the evangelist, but long before right. he did, they, they approached the pastor and says, look at what's going on in our, in our, in our cities and all. 
we need to pray for revival. Well, that's nice. Here, go in the basement and pray for revival. Basically, he pushed them. Yeah. And then when Duncan Campbell had come and all this broke out, they asked Duncan Campbell, how does it feel to be this great revivalist and all this? He goes, it hadn't happened because of me. It happened because those two ladies that are sitting over there, they came before God. And that's why this is happening. So we have the ability to not only get into the presence of God, you know, it doesn't have to be some great revival. You could be the starter. And then it's like a barbecue, the old barbecue things, bricks. You, You can't light one. You have to have a number of dry bricks there. But when you hit the fire on one, it catches and it starts spreading to the others. And that's when it comes corporate. That's when it becomes corporate. Yeah. But still, we we don't have to live the way we're living, man. We could have yeah. an incredible relationship with God. And that's... I was, uh, I was just so uh, surprised, too. Uh, you know, being from Kansas City, we have Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl winners. And so we've got Patrick Mahomes even before he won the Super Bowl. Yes, And, uh, you know, he was injured. His ankle was really injured. And right. uh, so people were praying for him and they were praying because we wanted him to be able to play. But the ama- just one statement, and I heard I heard no repercussions anywhere about it. One statement, he said, you know, he said, I was able to play because God healed my body. God healed my body. That's See? what he said on national TV. God healed my body. I heard no reverberations. I heard no accusation. I heard, maybe he did. I didn't. Uh, and everybody went, wow. And they just went past him. And it, and I told our church, I said, that's just one more notch in our belt. Just one <laughs> more notch that people said, oh, okay. I heard a famous person, player, kind of a hero guy yeah. say, God healed my body. And the other fellow, of course, had the heart attack uh, type thing on the field. Everybody was praying for him. Yes. And uh, people and athletes were talking about prayer, where one time there's this division about kneeling down or not during the national anthem. Then I saw the national anthem, tears streaming down faces, people praying for him right there on the field. Those every little bit helps. And, and I see the acceptance of that completely different because people are desperate to see and have hope and people are afraid, they're nervous, they're confused, and they should be because of what they see around them. But there is an answer, as you said, which is big, big time in our lives. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And yeah. I'm waiting to see what God's ready to do in your place again, because I really do believe you're, <laughs> you have it in you. And yeah. I believe I've been there several times in Kansas City. Um, one was your anniversary. I forget what anniversary it was of the album. Probably 10th or something like that. Could I don't be, know. Yeah. Michael Brown something. was but I'm telling you, there's power and there's not sometimes when you're in the middle of something that God is doing, you don't realize what you have. Yeah. Um, you know, we I, I told this to one friend of mine, I said, you know what, you're 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 like critical on your own thing and stuff going on. But you know what? You don't even have to try. You don't have to really just sit down and study and come up with this great word. You just speak it from your heart and people go, oh, I wish I had that. Yeah, you know, we could exactly. always do better, but but people are waiting for just give me that, just give me a little bit of yeah. what you have because I'm starving. I need it, and I believe that your position, Steve and Kathy, and your entire ministry to be that this this new mantle to come upon you and to be something that's going to um, bring this to a new level and especially to a new generation. 
The millennial. I hope you're just uh, being prophetic right now. That's the love of my heart is to do that. I was willing before the pandemic to say, okay, we slow down, everybody slow down. And then afterwards, I see what's going on in the country. I start hearing people say, I start hearing the word revival, refreshing, yeah. renewal coming up. And I said, eh, I'll reconsider. I went to Poland a few months ago and uh, they invited me to come and I did a revival now or something, but we made it differently in Warsaw. We invited people from Ukraine, pastors who are in the war. They're spirit-filled pastors. So I paid, we paid to have them come over, their hotel, their transportation, everything for the thing. And uh, so they did. And then there were Ukraine pastors living in Poland who have left uh, Ukraine. And then there's the Polish pastors and all the people. Uh, It exploded. It was like, I thought it'd be two or 300 because kind of a private thing yeah and i got up on saturday morning and they said we had to change the venue for and i thought <laughs> why what's going on and they said it has exploded and i so i go in this back way of the building it's the back entrance so i don't know anything about nothing and i walk in and all of a sudden these two big doors open up and this huge i mean if they got led screens across the front it's huge oh. auditorium is <laughs> packed full of people and i'm going like well i wouldn't i don't know if i'm ready for that. they're already like two songs away from <laughs> saying in Poland, here he is. And, uh, <laughs> but out of that was so powerful. I met with some people there and they said, we believe Europe is getting ready. Is written, you know, this has been a few months ago before Asbury on it. Europe is gearing up for revival and they want to talk to me about it and go back and talk about the, about the, and they name different places, you know? Crazy. So that's changed my direction. So I, you know, uh, the whole thing is, uh, I, I did a, um, I think I did a, yeah, I did a, fa- a live Facebook yesterday, the day before. And I basically said, you know, revival is easy. Uh, it make it so hard, but it's really easy. If you understand, you just need the people that want it. So yeah. how do you get revival? You got to want it more than anything else. You want to move of God. You want to be touched by God, yes. by the very hand of God, which that's what I say happened to me. But you have to, if you want it, you'll shove everything aside and just go after it and pursue it and you'll eventually get it. Uh, so that's kind of where we are, but I'm very excited about what I see, uh, what you're doing, what we're all doing and what we're talking about. How can we capture now, uh, what God is doing and take it to another level? The, uh, I was, I was sharing about, uh, what's happening. I said, kind of compare it to flying a kite. You know, when you first fly a kite, you take off running and it's only two feet off the ground. <laughs> but if you keep running, it gets higher and higher and higher. And Asbury for me is it's a two foot off the ground beginning, which is good for that for all of us and the generation new people, new generation. But if we keep running, it's going to get higher and higher and higher. You know, because you've been there, and it and what when it gets higher, it's it becomes so overwhelming, uh, just brings you in beyond imagination. Then, and that's where we want to go with this. I, I believe it could bring. I don't know how you feel about it, but I have some feelings about bringing in this you know the second coming of jesus should come during whether it's world revival or small revivals everywhere but during a time of a great move of god i agree i like i like to see it is that people have become so spiritual there's uh, at least a remnant jews gentiles other religion they have become so close and so on fire for god there's nothing left to do with them there's nothing left to do. Like, what do I, what do I do with these people? Like, well, come back, you know? So that's, that's the way I write it. This is the way I'd like it to happen. You know, everybody's got their ideas, what should happen, but 
but I don't, uh, that's but what I'm seeing. I don't think it was an accident, though. I was four years ago, maybe four, at the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Yes. It was in California. And the producers, they did that. Um, they had done a really good movie. I could only if I I could only imagine. I don't yes, know if you yes, saw that movie. Yeah, yes, yes. They did that movie. And because of it, the studios got interested. So they were pitching, you know, that's the word pitching the right. Jesus revolution movie that was written a book that was written by, uh, I forget the pastor's name. Uh, he wrote all of his experiences and all of the things that happened in that Jesus revolution. That was a precursor of the charismatic renewal. And he wrote all this. Well, they, wound up committing to doing it. So four years later, this movie comes out, the the Jesus Revolution, right while these revivals, quote unquote, or outpourings yeah, yeah. in all these universities. I mean, yes. young people. So I believe it's not by accident that that all happened. I believe we're in that. I think it's God's way of saying, this is now, seize it, seize this moment now, because this is my move. This is what yeah. I'm going to do. All you got to do is I, I think I remember your story when you were like feeling discouraged and you went, you know, and you left really to go to the Browns revival to just think and try to pray to God because you yeah. felt like, man, things are not happening. You know, it's whatever. And I remember you were sitting there and God challenged you. And I don't remember the exact words, but something like this. He says, I'm not asking you to, to have a revival. I'm asking you to be. What was the exact word I asking you to? Uh, it was. The, uh, yeah. I'm not asking you to be the revival because I thought I can't be. I can't do this. I can't be right. it. And asking you just to do it, to serve it, to step into it. And I told you then it was like, oh, I, I, I kind of had a picture in my mind of this guy walking with a tray of drinks, you know, uh, <laughs> care, or hors d'oeuvres, you know, hors d'oeuvres, hors d'oeuvres. And I said, so I could serve people if I don't, if I, if that's all I got to do. It was just a picture God gave me to get me out of the mode I was of, I can't do this mode. Yeah. But then you and, came uh, back and that's when it broke out. You were yeah, and, to, oh yeah. By the, you had no clue that that was what's going to happen. But I felt transferred no. to you. I felt and, nothing. I had no yeah. clue at all. I get ready to walk into that building like nothing, zero. You know, and I'm thinking, what I here I am. What am I going to do? But, but I think it's, I know again, what was I really going to happen. That, that's that's you've already been prepared for this next move, and I think it's going to happen again because. Really, you have to have that same mentality. It's not about me. I don't have to do anything. God, I'm opening it up to you. You take control. You want it? You got it. I'm 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 here. I'm available yeah. to do whatever you want me to do. And I I'm telling you that um really the climate and the timing of all this is really interesting. The other thing I see is there was the Jesus revolution. I didn't come into the Lord. I came in in 74. Sid Roth was closer into the coming to uh, during the Jesus revolution, but it was the charismatic renewal. So the, the, the Jesus was introduced that you could have a personal intimate relationship with Jesus. Then came the charismatic renewal. That was the Holy spirit centered. Mm -hmm. I believe what we're stepping into and ready to happen is the father is about to come in his glory. And that's, he's ready to make himself known because before Jesus returns, people need to realize in Revelation, it talks about the Father and the Son. It says that the source of the light, there'll be no need for light, but the source of the light will be um, the 
will be God and the lamb being the lampstand. So in other words, the father and the son. So I believe the father wants to make himself known in the way he did as me, as in my dream, I believe that was the father that made himself known to me searching for me. I didn't know about Jesus yet. So I believe that we're in this time. And if we step into what God and his heart is, he's going to honor that. And um, so it's about knowing the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, the full manifestation of his glory, and to know him in more powerful way than we ever known. So we know that we have the fullness of God. And this is the time that um, that that people, because we have a, a generation of young people that had a horrible relationship with fathers, fathers that left. Yeah, us, right. Well, he's saying, you come to Yeshua, you come to Jesus, you're going to have a new relationship with me. You will be my spiritual son and you will be my spiritual daughter. And I want to make myself known to you as the loving father. And you're going to have me, my only begotten son, and you're going to have the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have something that hasn't been understood fully, but you're going to have it in an intimate and personal way so that you could walk in this world, which is having all these problems. You're going to be the light that people are going to see because it's my light that's going to go through you. And I believe that, Steve, yep. with, with all my heart, Me that too. this is the time, you know. And when God begins to move like that, people that have been around it say, well, I've tried it, or I prayed, or, oh, I failed. But you know, when God begins to move, it gets easier just by the grace of God. We're entering into the easy season. How did all those people go to a college campus here, there, other college campuses? And there's college kids. How do they all of a sudden grab hold? Well, uh, they didn't earn it, right? Yeah. We didn't earn it, as we know. It's just a time of grace when God says, you want more? I'm handing out more of me now. And you just respond to the season we're in. And we're in where the, it's it gets, it was like uh, what was so difficult to me before, all of a sudden I fell into it, you know, and others, thousands and thousands did. Yes. And I think we're going to see that again. So now's the time everybody push forward, right? Push Amen. forward in God. Give him some time. Give him some prayer. Give him some space. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure. I'm excited. I'm going to get in touch with you soon, though. Uh, okay. You know, maybe by the first of the week or whatever of okay. next week. And just talk okay. about uh, what we talked about, but talk privately where we are, where our church is, et cetera. And what I'm perceiving maybe we could do to change, help change our nation even more. Do we pray? You're doing a great thing. Do we pray together for this? Uh, yes. For people watching. Yeah, Father, you should because you're our guest and they have me all the time. Yes. <laughs> well, we just thank you for <clears throat> what you are doing, and Lord, we just pray for people out there who have been through a lot, hurting. Uh, we're just trying to make things go with things the way they are. But Father, you have you you have so much to give us, and. Jesus, you have so much to give us and Holy Spirit. So, Father, I just pray for those who are who hearts are saying, I want more. I want to know God in a more powerful way. Father, I just pray that you pour out your spirit upon those who are asking right now that they begin to have this this hunger established within them to want to begin to worship you. That's a great starting point to worship you just like these kids were doing in the Asbury and other places. So Father, we just thank you, Lord God. And we just ask you to just pour out your spirit on those watching that they might come in to a new understanding 
of what they need, that hunger for more of you. And we just ask, and whatever you do, we'll give you all the glory, the praise, and the honor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Warren. I'm going to be getting in touch with you. You've been a great friend for a long time. Everybody that's watching, keep tell me again, what's this new series called? Supernatural Sid. I love that because I know who <laughs> Sid is, but what a great title, Supernatural Sid. You, everybody out there, keep an eye on that one and get it. You're going you're gonna to love it. It's timely. It's on time, and it'll be done right because Warren knows what he's doing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Warren. Until we talk again, we'll see you then. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. God bless. Take care.